another episode of Search News You Can Use with me, Dr. Marie Haynes. This is a very fun episode. Well, fun if you uh, were affected positively by Google's December core update. Maybe not so fun if you were seeing drops after this update. Um, I'm going to be talking mostly about the December core update in this episode. I'll share our very early thoughts. It's extremely early. As I'm recording this, uh, it's Wednesday, December 9th. The update came out December 3rd, and we really didn't start to see strong effects from the update until into December 4th. Um, and so, uh, you know, we don't have a whole lot to report, but we have some very interesting things that we've already discovered. So I'm going to be sharing with you what we know so far. Uh, some of the information that I'm going to share, you'll be able to find more on this in our newsletter, mariehaines.com newsletter. We have two versions of newsletter if you're new to this podcast. One is free and available to everybody. And if you're just trying to stay up to date with Google algorithm updates, uh, trying to figure out what announcements Google has made this week, that type of thing, then this is a really good weekly resource for you. If you want more information and if you want to go more uh, deep into the minds of the MHC team um, and get our insight, our thoughts on everything that has happened in the SEO world, uh, then we do have a paid version as well. It's $18 a month. Um, again, mariehaines.com slash newsletter. And a lot of what I'm going to be describing here is in the paid version of newsletter, but we do have quite a bit of extra stuff in there as well. So I would encourage you to, uh, to check that out. Um, so let's talk about what we know about this December core update. First of all, I need to apologize. I'm pretty sure that last week I said that we wouldn't We'd be very unlikely to have a core update before the end of the year. Well, what do I know about Google updates? Apparently not very much. <laughs> um, so we did have a core update. Now, I based my uh, statement on something that Matt Cutts said in 2013, I believe. Uh, and he tweeted that they try, they being Google, try to minimize significant algorithm updates uh, near the end of the year or in the holiday season. Um, and, you know, Barry Schwartz had a good point. He said, well, you know, they pushed this update out after Black Friday, Cyber Monday. This was the week following that. Um, and before the end of the year, because at the end of December, uh, I'm pretty certain that most of Google's engineers and programmers and whatnot, they go on a break. Uh, and so Google wouldn't want to be pushing something out while a whole bunch of their staff are on Christmas holidays. Uh, so this really, if Google wanted to get something out um, before the end of the year, this was the time to do it. And I guess that makes sense. But I can see both sides of the coin. I have uh, clients that did not do well with this update. And that's really unfortunate when uh, it's holiday season, it's shopping season. Although to be fair, most of our e-commerce stores are, are doing fairly well. Uh, not all though, um, but it, it can be really, really challenging if Google releases an update right at your busy time. I remember one of my clients years ago saying how much he dreaded holiday um, algorithm updates by Google. Because if you're an e-commerce store, you probably, depending on the type of store you are, you might have a bunch of stock. And so this particular client years ago was affected by a core update and, or not a core update, some type of a Google update that happened around Christmas time. And he was left with a whole warehouse full of stock that was very hard to sell because he no longer was ranking well on Google. Um, on the other hand though, there's tons of businesses that have been waiting to recover from previous core algorithm hits. 
And if you were affected by a Google update, you need to wait until a subsequent core update in order to recover. So I can see the other side of the coin. Let's say you're an e-commerce store that you really make your money when people do their holiday shopping in November or December. Um, and you've been struggling because you've been suppressed by an algorithm update uh, for many, many months. Our last one was May of 2020. Uh, and so there were a lot of websites that benefited for the, from this update that uh, have been waiting a very long time to see this. Uh, and so we were happy to see, you know, some of our clients saw some very nice improvements. And those improvements seem to be uh, continuing. Um, Google announced that the update was live on December 3rd. And at 1.16 p.m. Eastern Time on December 3rd, uh, they tweeted uh, through the Google Search Liaison account, which is run by Danny Sullivan of Twitter, uh, of Twitter, of Google, uh, the December 2020 core update is now rolling out live. As is typical with these updates, it will typically take about one to two weeks to fully roll out. So um, in our experience, when a website is affected either positively or negatively by a core update, we tend to see the effects within 24 hours. I know Google says that this is going to take two weeks to roll out. If your website is going to be affected, we generally see that there is some type of change that starts within, you know, it'll be either December 3rd, maybe December 4th. Some of our clients, it's December 4th that we're seeing the changes. Um, but the two-week period means that those changes can continue to happen. Now, um, some updates can impact traffic like dramatically. We can see a sudden uh, jump down or up um, all in one day. And what we're seeing with a lot of our clients is that there's something that starts on the 3rd or 4th of December, and then that uh, continues to get either worse or better um, over the following days. And as we go through the next few weeks, we'll still be doing newsletter and podcast episodes. I believe we're taking the very last week of the month off. Uh, but other than that, we're going to be sharing with you as much as we can um, about what the SEO community is saying about this update and what our research is finding as well. Um, so we've been working pretty much every day. Uh, we, I've started this thing. So we used to do this thing with our team where we would all gather in the conference room and just sort of go over uh, which of our clients did well, which of our clients did not do well, and start figuring out why that happened. And now that we're working remotely with the pandemic happening, um, I'm here in the office. I come in when I need to record podcasts because uh, all my equipment is here. Uh, but none of my staff are here. And so doing this kind of review remotely is really challenging. So we started doing a thing that's sort of like an open uh, screen share where I'm just doing my analysis of the update and my team will pop in and out uh, as their work schedule allows. Um, and together we're looking at which sites improved and, and declined. And what we're trying to do all of my team members are, are very well trained in Google's quality raters guidelines. And every time Google makes an announcement or gives us some sort of a hint as to what they value in terms of quality, in terms of relevance, in terms of EAT, then we try to figure out how can we make um, our clients' websites better. And so, uh, so it's been really, really fun to analyze uh, this update um, remotely. I, ne I never thought I would say that. I I'm not a big fan of remote working, um, but it's it's going okay. And so, uh, so we're going to be doing a little bit of this every day. Today was the first day this week that we didn't do analysis because I was uh, busy um, writing up our analysis for the uh, for a newsletter. 
but pretty much every day we've been looking at uh, which websites are improving, declining, and trying to figure out why. So I'm going to share some of this detail with you. And again, there's much more in our paid version of newsletter. So if you were affected by this update, I'd encourage you to uh, subscribe at mariehaines.com newsletter. Um, so first of all, all of the algo weather tracking tools like MozCast and SEMrush sensor, things like that, uh, they're all showing massive spikes. And the spike, what that means is that there's turbulence. When these tools show uh, a sudden jump up on December 3rd or continuing into December 4th, it means that the search results look dramatically different than they did the day before. Uh, doesn't really tell us much about what changed, although, you know, SEMrush sensor does a decent job at showing us which categories changed, although pretty much there's turbulence across every category. Um, John Mueller confirmed that yes, this was a global rollout, so it affects all languages. It's not just English, it's not just US. It's rare in my experience now that Google does an update uh, that only affects a certain locality. I'm sure they do work on things like, you know, trying to improve the SERPs in areas where perhaps they don't have a lot of um, sites or written in that language. You know, they, they probably do things locally, but whenever there's a core update, it tends to be a global thing and it tends to roll out equally. I remember when we first had the Panda update, initially it was just the US, and then it was a month or two later that Google rolled that out to the entire world. Uh, and I think that's why some people get confused by this. So, so yes, if you are in a country that is not the United States, you still were probably affected by this rollout uh, of the December core update. Um, then the other thing to know is that this was a very big update. Uh, and I'm not just saying that because, you know, we, we, our bread and butter is, is dealing with uh, websites that have not done well with core updates or other types of Google changes. Uh, and so it's good for us when there's a big update. Uh, but this really, truly was a big update. So all of the algo tools are showing uh, massive, massive spikes that look bigger than the May 4th core update. And May was uh, a very, very big update. Um, so what most of you want to know are what types of sites are affected. Uh, that seems to be the number one question that I get on Twitter is, could you please list uh, which, which verticals were affected? Um, and there's no doubt that this update, whatever they changed, had a strong impact on medical sites, um, and particularly alternative medical sites. It's very interesting to see. We have some clients in AltMed uh, that have seen some decreases. And most of these sites that are alternative medicine and seeing decreases, how do I put this without, I don't want to insult any of my clients, but a good number of these sites are alternative medicine that's kind of hokey. <laughs> Um, hokey is the wrong word. Maybe not widely accepted as um, uh, something that's valuable, something that's trustworthy by medical communities. And um, so some of our sites that we're talking on medical topics where we said, look, you're, you're lacking EAT to talk about this, or you're not, uh, you don't have anything to reference, you know, for this. You're, you're making all these wild claims about, you know, this uh, herbal cleanse or something like that, where there's no proof <laughs> to show that this actually works other than random testimonials and so if you have that type of website that's been trying to rank for things that medicine you know it's not really widely accepted as uh, by the main medical community then you may have seen drops further drops with this December core update but what was really interesting to see is that some of our medical sites uh, that are alternative medicine but not 
not hokey. Um, alternative medicine in the sense that uh, it's an alternative to traditional treatments, but there's still science to back up uh, these types of treatments. Um, so we had a number of clients see really, really nice gains that are continuing to increase uh, that have this type of site. I want to give more details, but I think I need to do more analysis before we do that. Again, there's some stuff in newsletter. We've actually given some screenshots uh, showing the analytics of some of these sites, seeing that uh, what types of increases they've had. Um, Let's see here. We also saw increases across several of our medical clients that have a lot of user-generated content. It's a little bit early yet to say whether Google uh, made some changes here. Um, I'm actually thinking that it's not like Google said, ah, now we are going to start valuing user-generated content, but rather they're using their ability to process language, uh, their ability to understand intent um, to determine that, oh, you know, even though this is a forum post and a lot of information in forum posts is bad, there's actually some good information here. Uh, and so we feel like Google is uh, promoting some websites that maybe were unfairly demoted with uh, previous updates. If you were affected by the June 3rd, 2019 core update, that's one that we wrote about extensively where uh, we really felt like Google went after websites that um, were a little bit contrary to scientific consensus, especially with the traditional med medical communities. Um, and uh, so it would be very interesting to see what happened. If your traffic declined with that update, and continued to decline with this update, then you really need to look at um, whether you're trying to sell people on things that uh, maybe there's no proof for it. And, and that's really tough because a lot of the time, medicine can, can really seem like it does well. Like we can say, look, I, uh, you know, this used to happen all the time when I was a veterinarian. Um, at the end, actually it was this time of year, usually November or so, in our area, we would start to see tons of seasonal allergies. And then people would, you know, they'd try to do all these things with their pets to, to cure the seasonal allergies. And usually what would happen is they'd go out and buy some very expensive food that touts itself as being hypoallergenic. Um, when most seasonal allergies in dogs and cats too, they're not connected to, to food. They're more connected to seasonal things, to pollen changes and stuff like that. But what would happen is when the snow started to fall and the pollen got covered up by snow, all of the seasonal allergies would get better. But, but the people that had gone out and spent hundreds of dollars on special organic, fancy, hypoallergenic food, they would say, well, look, the food cured this. And so now they're going to be um, very strong advocates for this hypoallergenic food when even though they believe strongly that it worked, uh, it probably wasn't the food change that mattered. It was just that the seasons changed. Now, that was kind of a long explanation, but what I'm trying to say is that I think there are some of you that have alternative medicine sites that truly believe in what you're preaching. But if there's not a lot of um, truly reputable information uh, to back that up, then you're going to find that you don't rank well on Google. So uh, again, we've shared some stuff about some of our clients with alt-med sites that actually do have uh, good content. And I'm really excited to see that, you know, I had somebody reach out to me once and say, uh, I can't remember which core update it was, but 
Um, they were really upset that Google was not ranking anything in terms of alternative medicine because they were legitimately trying to do research in this area. And I get that. So I think that what Google did in the past was say, look, out of all the alternative medicine sites that we could rank, a whole bunch of them are just not trustworthy. And so I think that they kind of did a blanket thing where they're like, look, if we can't uh, thoroughly trust this website, it's not the Mayo Clinic, it's not like some massive authoritative website, then we're just going to be erring on the side of caution and not ranking this website. And I feel that with the December core update, they've made some changes there where they're better able to recognize the gold amongst uh, the websites that are maybe not as trustworthy. Uh, so we'll have more on that, um, you know, as as the weeks go on. Uh, we did see some changes in e-commerce sites, but these are gonna be really hard to analyze uh, because it's December and a lot of people are shopping. So we're gonna be looking at year-over-year uh, -year, uh, traffic and a number of things there, and we'll report back on that as well. Um, we also saw a number of interesting changes in financial sites that we monitor. It's too early for me to talk about this because we haven't done a deep dive into any of these sites just yet. Um, but it's interesting to note that some of them have, uh, in our reports that we did for these sites, we pointed out that they have a link profile that is suspect. And um, many of these sites had links that, um, they weren't overtly black hat, uh, but they were SEO made links, like guest posts and places where they managed to get a mention where, uh, you know, the mention wouldn't be there if it wasn't for SEO. Um, and I don't feel that Google has demoted for those links, but I do think it's possible that Google's gotten better at determining which types of links they actually should count. Um, the other thing to know in terms of what types of sites were affected is Barry Adams, who does a lot of work with uh, major news publishers, said that uh, a good number of the major news publications are down. Uh, I haven't actually looked into this myself, uh, but this kind of makes sense, right? Because I feel like Google shifted a bit from uh, if we're not sure, we'll just favor the authoritative sites to, oh, you know what, this site maybe not might not be as authoritative as one of the major news publishers, but we've got all these signs showing uh, that it's trustworthy and that it's good relevant content. Um, and so some of the smaller publishers might be seeing increases uh, at the expense of the massive authorities that used to rank based on authority. Um, I know there was a lot of information and a lot of speculation as well. And so I would like to ask you as a listener of this podcast uh, to just keep in mind that this is early. I, I'm sharing because so many people have asked me to share, but our thoughts could change. And so, like I said, stay tuned and we'll, we'll keep you updated on what else we find as we're analyzing this update in the days to come. Um, I wanted to talk about this Twitter thread where Danny Sullivan was engaging with several SEOs talking about this update, uh, because several of the things that Danny said are very, very important, and I think that they're hard for a lot of SEOs to understand. So I'm gonna do my best. In newsletter, we linked to the actual discussion so you can read it. I'm gonna read out some of this in podcast, uh, but I would encourage you to find this discussion because there's, there's some really, really good points on both sides. Uh, so it started with Russ Jones, who works for Moz. <clears throat> Russ is a very, very intelligent guy, and I, I, he's done some fantastic work uh, in regards to links. And, and I remember back in the day when Panda, when we first realized that Panda 
uh, was affecting content quality in some way. I remember Russ made a tool that would essentially uh, act as a quality rater, and I think it used like um, Mechanical Turk uh, to um, ask people to assess websites in terms of like, would you give your credit card to this site? That type of thing. And he was really on the right track with that. I don't know where that tool went, but I, I think that could be quite useful today with what Google has said. So Russ uh, had a Twitter thread that I'm not going to read all of it, but he said, in my humble opinion, when Google is transparent about its ranking factors, the internet wins. And he listed some of these that Google's been transparent about. Mobile friendliness, SSL, so HTTPS being a ranking factor, core web vitals. Google's told us that's going to be a ranking factor come May next year. But then he says, but core updates which provide no actionable advice, discourages those working in good faith, and emboldens those who don't. That's a bold statement. <laughs> a bold statement. I, you know, I feel emboldened by what Danny said, but I'm not acting in bad faith. I know what, I know what Russ is saying, though. Um, people are looking for more distinct help from Google for businesses that have been negatively affected by this update. Russ went on to say, of course, making the internet better isn't Google's responsibility, although I imagine a lot of their employees want to do just that. Right now, millions of dollars are being thrown against the wall to guess what, quote, quality means. If it is a feasibility issue, just say it. And then he goes on to talk about, like, is Google not giving tips for recovery because it's a political thing? Are they protecting their, uh, you know, their, their, um, their algorithm, are they, you know, there's probably many reasons why Google could hold back. Google doesn't want to give us, uh, you know, here's everything that you need to know about ranking because spammers would take that information and go wild with it. Uh, but Danny um, responded, and I was watching this happen live on Twitter, and it was a good, like, hour or more that Danny was responding to um, many of these questions. And uh, the things that he said, really, I felt validated by them because uh, he suggested... Um, paying attention to two things, and these are the things that, that we focus on primarily. Number one was Google's blog post on core updates, which I'm going to go over that in a minute. I'm going to share with you because I, I think a lot of us read this article and really didn't pay attention to it because it seems like kind of vague stuff, like, all right, yeah, is it good quality? I don't know. But really, there's there's stuff in there that you can, like, we, we analyze websites based on these questions, uh, and it's usually very clear when a website hasn't done well that they're not meeting these questions. So I'm going to talk about uh, those in a minute. Um, and then, uh, you know, Danny was asked, uh, or he mentioned, people keep asking whether EAT is a ranking factor. Gosh, we've had some heated discussions on that. I think we're kind of past that now, right? Like, if you're still struggling to see that EAT is important to Google, then there, you're stuck in a mind, like an old mindset. Uh, EAT has been, I mean, it's been important to Google forever. And I think a lot of SEOs, they're not arguing that EAT is not a thing. The argument is we can't wrap our head around how Google would measure it. Because SEOs are used to... Um, very measurable things. You know, we're used to the core web vitals. Google gives us a score and we can say, ah, you're lacking on this score. Therefore, you, that could explain why you're struggling to rank uh, once they become a, a ranking factor in May. 
Um, you know, Google tells us that HTTPS is a ranking factor, although it's a very minor one. But we could say, look, you're trying to outrank your competitor and they're HTTPS and you're not. Like that gives us very specific things to work on. But EAT, it's challenging. I think there's specific things because we've been focusing since 2017 on, uh, you know, different aspects of EAT. Every time Google says something about it, we're, we're taking notes. We're trying to see where our, our thoughts, our theories align with that, uh, whether we need to change our theories. So here's uh, Danny actually quoted what was in Google's blog post on core updates. He said, we have been occasionally asked if EAT is a ranking factor. Our automated systems use a mix of many different signals to rank great content. We've tried to make this mix align with what human beings would agree is great content, as they would assess it according to EAT criteria. Given this, assessing your own content in terms of EAT criteria may help it align conceptually with the different signals our automated systems use to rank content. So... Really, that's a complicated way of saying, look, the quality raters guidelines, they explain in great detail how quality raters are supposed to measure expertise, authoritativeness, trustworthiness. They give tons of signals that quality raters can look at. And those signals line up with what Google's algorithms are trying to measure. Now, we had this discussion back when I wrote an article about whether uh, what your BBB, your Better Business Bureau rating, whether that could impact uh, your ability to rank. And people were like, no, a third-party tool is not going to, um, you know, it's not like Google has a, a line in their algorithm that says if BBB rating equals F, then rankings equal low. Like, it, it's not like that. Google's looking for signals where if your BBB rating is F and there's people all over the web complaining uh, about your business and there's just a general sentiment that your business has not treated people well, then that's a part of EAT. And that's something that's very hard to measure. I mean, we, we do do our best at measuring, you know, how well does your, how does your reputation stack up against your competitors? Um, how to, and, but we don't know exactly what Google's trying to measure. But what they're trying to do here, it's not like you can say, ah, you know, we have 17 more reviews than our competitors, so we're going to outrank them. Google's trying to figure out, like, is there a problem here in terms of trust? Is there a problem here where you're recommending things but you lack the expertise? And so if you're, if you're lacking in EAT, then these things can be improved. The, and that's what the Quality Raiders Guidelines talk about. They don't give you specifics on how to improve it, but they tell you things. They tell you things like, um, you know, make sure that you have a, an about page that describes uh, thoroughly your expertise. And those are things that that we recommend to our clients. Now, we don't know whether Google's algorithms are like specifically saying, ah, let's find uh, example.com slash about and see if the language on there matches up with what we're expecting. You know, I, I don't know exactly how Google does it, but they've told us repeatedly that they want to have algorithms that reward what they've described as EAT. You need to be paying attention to EAT. Danny also mentioned that sometimes there's nothing a website can do in order to fix uh, this problem if you've seen a drop. Now, this is always quoted at me whenever, uh, whenever I talk about, oh, yes, we helped our clients uh, implement these things for EAT or, you know, make these changes to improve their trustworthiness and, and whatnot. And people come back and say, oh, but Google said there's nothing you can do if you were hit by a core update. And I think it's important to note that um, what Danny said is sometimes 
there's nothing you can do. And I think this is important. Um, uh, one of our clients is a medical site that has really good information um, and a, a general level of authority, and they didn't do so well with this update. Um, and I think what we're seeing is that smaller, less authoritative websites are ranking above them now because Google was able to recognize they're, they're getting so much better at understanding the meaning of uh, words, at understanding intent. Uh, Google has said that BERT is really good for understanding the intent behind a query. So Google's getting better at that. Um, and if they decide that, ah, we can find this website that previously we didn't rank because it was lacking in authoritativeness, but now we trust this website and we can our algorithms can determine it's got good content, uh, um, then those can start to bump up and rank uh, out, outrank uh, some of the authoritative websites. So does that mean there's nothing you can do to fix your website? Well, I would disagree with that. So you know what we're recommending is you figure out um, which websites did Google value and prefer, and why are they more valuable than my website? And that's really tricky to do on your own because what we find is most site owners look at their own website and say, well, we're so much better, like the design is better and we have more trustworthy authors and blah, 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 blah. But there can be intangible things that I believe Google's using machine learning to find. Uh, it's not like Google's saying, ah, you know, blog posts that are this length tend to be best. But I do think that machine learning can say when people search for this query, they generally want a long um, informational blog post. Or when people search for this query, they're generally looking to buy something and then they'll show you websites that are transactional. Um, so, you know, when Google says maybe there's nothing you can do to fix it, uh, there's always stuff you can do to improve the relevancy of your, your content. Um, Danny also had, I mean, he talked, he gave kind of like the typical Google response that we all dislike where Google says, look, if you didn't do well, just create great content. Um, and, and then he went on again to talk about uh, this Google blog post. Why don't we talk about that? Um, I'm going to go through, uh, and you can find it. Um, you know what? It's, uh, I'm not going to read out the URL. Google's got a whole date in it. If you just search for Google Search Central uh, core updates, you'll find this blog post. It's also linked from newsletter. And uh, the blog post, you know, people, it got a lot of controversy because it linked out to a number of SEOs who talked about EAT, including us, uh, which we really, really liked. That was, it was really good to get a nod from Google. Um, but the, there's, that's not where the gold is in their post. I mean, it's very nice to be mentioned, but the gold in this post is in the questions that are asked. And um, so I don't know, let's see, let's just start here. There's questions about content and quality. And some of them are kind of vague, but some of them are very important. The first question is, does the content provide original information, reporting, research, or analysis? Now, imagine you're a website, a news website, and uh, a news story breaks. It's very, very challenging, I would imagine, to have a new angle on every single story. You know, if, if all of the major news publishers are writing about this one particular story uh, and then you have to do the same thing and you're basically getting quotes from other places and you're, you know, you're, you're not adding anything new to the story, well, then why would Google want to rank you above all the other sites that are authoritative? So that's a key there, right? If you can find a, a way to present information. See, here's a good example of what I'm doing right now. You all have access to Danny Sullivan's tweets. 
Anybody can find that. Um, but I'm reporting on the tweets and also adding insightful information that helps people. I'm hoping it helps people. I think you can see the difference here. And this is a really hard problem to fix because some of the websites that we look at have thousands and thousands of pages that are just kind of okay. They're not the best of their kind. They have no unique uh, original information. There's no reporting. There's no unique research on this. There's no analysis. They're basically like the same as everybody else. And in the past, if you had a blog post that's essentially as good as everybody else, you could push that into ranking well by getting the right links and by tweaking the content and, you know, and stuff like that. Um, and now Google is saying, now I know some of you are like, well, how would Google know, you know, and my blog post has references and the Mayo Clinic is ranking above me and they didn't reference anything, you know, like it's not, it's not a checklist that, um, that can, you know, be a positive or a negative. It's more Google is trying to figure out which of these articles uh, truly is valuable to people. Uh, and so changes can be made, but imagine you're one of these websites that has thousands and thousands of posts that ranked based on uh, linking or based on the authority of your domain, um, but weren't really the best of their kind. It's very challenging to see recovery for a site like that uh, because you would need to go in and make every single post really, really good. Um, we've done this with some clients and generally usually see improvements, like go through thin content cleanup and figure out where do you have duplication and, and maybe you have four articles on this one subject that you could put together as one big subject. But this is not a thing where you can just go, all right, I'll tweak a few title tags and add a couple of links and I'm gonna rank again. Like it's, it's, a, it's a very, very big deal. Um, it goes on to say, does the content provide a substantial, complete, or comprehensive description of the topic? This is, again, very, very similar. Uh, one of our clients in alternative medicine that is ranking, uh, started to rank really well for a lot of things. We noticed that they didn't really have the authority to rank against some of the sites that they were ranking against after this update. Uh, but when we look at their content, it truly is the most substantial, complete content on this, on this topic. And I feel like Google, um, you know, they got better at recognizing that. Uh, let's see here. A lot of these are very similar. Does the headline and or page title provide a descriptive, helpful summary of the content? Uh, that's something we're working with some of our clients on too, is just getting more um, descriptive in writing your headlines. And I think this is important because I do think that Google looks at H tags uh, when trying to figure out relevancy on a page. I, I might be wrong on that, but um, H tags and title tags, I think are still very important to BERT and understanding page content. Um, I'm going to skip over some of these questions because they're a little bit duplicated, but you should read them. Like you, you should read all of these questions in the core update post. Would you expect, would you expect to see this content in or referenced by a printed magazine, encyclopedia, or book? This is a really good question to ask yourself when you're looking at content and you're like, is this really the best of its kind? Um, because a lot of the time stuff is just written by content writers who, and I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to put content writers down, but they're not often not subject matter, expert matters. Uh, and, and you know, if stuff is just written on mass by people lacking expertise, you're going to have problems. And Google has a whole section in this blog post on expertise questions. Does the content present information in a way that makes you want to trust it, such as clear sourcing? As well, that's something that everybody can improve. Evidence of the expertise involved? So that could be an author bio. 
It could be that other people are talking about expertise. You know, if we write an article, we will write an article about the December core update and it'll rank well because we're known as experts. Like we're known as people who write on these subjects. Um, it's not going to rank well because we crafted our author bios in a way to make it look like we know what we're talking about. We legitimately are mentioned. You know, we get mentions in Search Engine Roundtable, Search Engine Land. Uh, I'm going to be speaking Search Engine Journal uh, Summit coming up in January, all on this topic on, on uh, updates and EAT and relevance and fun stuff like that. Um, but the point is, like, if you're not known as an expert in your area, then you may find that you're not going to be ranking well. Um, also, it goes on to say, okay, evidence of the expertise involved, background about the author or the site that publishes it, such as thorough links to an author's author page or a site's about page. That's pretty clear to me, right? Pretty clear to me. It's amazing how many sites we still see that are trying to remain anonymous. And uh, the quality readers guidelines do talk about there are some situations where anonymity is okay. But for most of you who are listening to this, you don't want to be anonymous. You want Google to have as many signals as they can gather about your uh, expertise and how you're good at writing at this topic and how others uh, mention your name as being good at writing on this topic. Is this content written by an expert or enthusiast who demonstrably knows the topic well? Um, is the content free from... Uh, easily verified factual errors? Would you feel comfortable trusting this content for issues relating to your money or your life? Uh, and then they go on to talk about spelling errors, um, presentation and production questions, basically. Uh, does the content display well for mobile devices? You know, that's, that's a factor that factors into core updates. And then the last two questions I think are very, very important. Comparative questions. They ask, does the content provide substantial value when compared to other pages in search results? I know that's very similar to the first questions that they ask, but I think that really sums it up. Um, if you, uh, a really good test, if you have a page that dropped in rankings, put that page, uh, give that page to somebody who's not connected to your business. Um, you know, somebody who's not your mom, who's going to like just say super nice things about you because they love you. Just find somebody who like is going to be impartial and show them your post and then show them the three articles that are currently ranking one, two, and three for the keywords that you want to rank for, for this post and ask, um, this person, does my post provide substantial value when compared to other pages in the search results? And I think a lot of the time what you'll find is you'll say, well, like it's got some extra information maybe, but if I was looking for this topic, there's really no reason for me to read your page once I've read the top three pages that rank number one. So you need to change that. And, and so a lot of SEO is going to be stuff where SEOs, uh, you know, again, we can't just come in and apply makeup to a site to make it, uh, to make it rank better. We, we need to genuinely have fantastic content. You know, Google's just getting so much better at recognizing uh, the types of content that users would like to trust. And then the last question that they ask is, does the content seem to be serving genuine interests of visitors of the site? Or does it seem to exist solely by someone attempting to guess what might rank well in search engines? Um, and we see that as a problem a lot as well. I'm not going to go into great detail about that. Uh, and I could talk on these, uh, these questions on the core uh, update post probably for several more hours. So um, all I want to finish with here is just to say read them. 
And if you're struggling, then have somebody else uh, take a look. Because um, for us, whenever we see a site that sees drops, we almost always can point out uh, points in these questions that can be improved upon. Uh, and many of our improvements have been, for our clients, have been sites that have worked on things that are outlined in these questions. I think that's all I'm going to talk about uh, for the update right now. Um, I usually, when there's an update, uh, ask you to send me examples if your site was affected. I don't need any more examples right now. We've had quite a few sites reach out, um, and we've got a list of hundreds of clients that uh, were positively or negatively affected. Uh, and so we're going to be uh, focusing our research on this. If you are a client of MHC, and your site was negatively affected by this, um, or positively, if you just want to tell us about it, that's cool. Uh, reach out to your MHC auditor because they'll have me put that. I mean, I've gone through analytics, but they'll have me um, spend more time on your site as I'm doing my analysis with my team. Uh, so please do reach out uh, to your MHC auditor if you want um, uh, to be included in this analysis. Um, let's talk a little bit, uh, you know, I haven't mentioned our sponsor this week. We're still sponsored by Ahrefs and we're going to give you the tip of the week. And my goal this week was to find something, uh, that was connected to this, um, Google update. And I wanted to find, and, and then I saw Ahrefs tweeted about their content gap cool tool. <laughs> uh, it is cool. Their content gap tool. Uh, and it's, it's really, really helpful. And so I just played around with it for a little bit this morning. Um, and, uh, I, I realized that this is something that we're probably going to end up using when we're helping our clients create better, more relevant content, which is very relevant to the Google update because, uh, the websites that have content that answers the most questions, um, connected to that search query, those are the ones that Google wants to rank now. So Ahrefs content gap tool, uh, it's something where you can, um, I, I basically ran it, uh, for, let's say I was trying to improve rankings for our post on the May core Google update. Um, and so what I did was I, uh, found a few websites that were ranking for some of the terms like May core. I think we're ranking number one for a lot of these terms, but, uh, not all of them. And, um, and so I looked at, uh, I think four different websites that were ranking for um, terms related to the May core update. And I put those into the tool. And what you basically do is say, I want to find what keywords uh, are these pages ranking for that my page is not. And what I found was it was really, really obvious that um, Moz's post on the May core update mentioned uh, they had a lot of people searching for just general terms about Google algorithm update, uh, the latest Google algorithm update, that type of thing. Uh, and then when I looked at my post on the May core update, we don't actually have the words Google algorithm update in there. Now, yes, Google can figure it out, but the more signals that we can give to Google to say, you know, this uh, post is about a Google algorithm update, uh, the better. And so what we'll likely do, although we're all very busy right now dealing with, uh, with site reviews, but what, what we'll likely do for our own site is um, we'll include the words Google algorithm update. I see the title of the post says, I think it's like Google core update. I'll probably add the word algorithm in front of the update. And we'll also link internally to uh, that page using the anchor text Google algorithm update. 
And I bet you that once we do this, we'll start to rank better for that term. So I'd encourage you to use Ahrefs Keyword Gap. It's a, it's a content gap tool. It's really, really helpful. And I think I'll have more uh, I can share on that once we've used this for a few clients. But I'd encourage you to, uh, to use that. Um, there is a lot of stuff in newsletter that I'm not going to mention today. I really wanted to focus on this uh, December update. Um, there's stuff about uh, what the quality rater guidelines say about ads. Uh, Google's coming up with some new video series to talk about monetizing your websites and what's acceptable, what's not, and the QRG talk uh, in great detail and give examples about what Google wants to see in terms of ads. Um, we have uh, a great post with FAQs on core web vitals. And uh, something to know is uh, if you are seeing in Search Console that your core web vitals are not uh, up to speed, you're not alone. Um, in newsletter, we shared how many of our clients are uh, uh, actually not doing well in terms of core web vitals, uh, and it's a quite a large number. So uh, a number of people on my team are working very hard on improving our knowledge in terms of core web vitals to be able to... Um, to consult with websites that are struggling there. So we've got more stuff in newsletter on uh, how you can improve your core web vitals, uh, a few little tips in there as well. Um, we've also got uh, an interesting post on some things that you might not know about bounce rate. There's kind of an intermediate level content there uh, for newsletter. Um, in terms of local SEO, we've got lots of stuff in newsletter, but I just wanted to mention that there's no obvious evidence that the local SERPs change dramatically in conjunction with the core update. Google core updates generally focus on organic search. They will also affect discover traffic, uh, but they don't usually directly impact local search. It's not uncommon uh, to see some type of an impact. Like local search, one of the factors probably is where you're ranking organically. So if your organic rankings plummeted, then yeah, you might see some drops in local as well. Um, the Bright Local Flux tool that we use to determine whether there was local uh, fluctuation in local uh, rankings does not show a lot of fluctuation. So uh, if you're in local SEO, you still need to worry about the organic side of things, but it doesn't look like much has changed just yet. Uh, in terms of local rankings. I want to end this with uh, a question for Q&A, and uh, it's not exactly connected to the Google update, but that's okay. Um, I think it's a good question to, to ask, and um, it's going to be a very much an it depends uh, answer, but I do have some thoughts for you. So I'm not going to read this whole question out because it's kind of a long one, but the situation is a website that um, they had multiple websites for every city that they service. So an example would be, you know, if we have mariehaines.com is our main website and uh, Marie Haynes is our brand, it's kind of MHC. I'd like to have mhc.com. One day I'll buy that, but it, it's owned by somebody else right now. Um, but let's say we have, you know, mhc.com is our website. Uh, and then this particular website had all sorts of city TLDs. So we could have mhcottawa.com, mhctoronto.com, any city where we wanted to offer services in that city, that's the idea that this person uh, is doing. So they decided that what they wanted to do is move away from these location websites and, um, and rebrand to one big website. So instead of having mhcottawa.com, they'd have mhc.com. And uh, what they're finding is that their old sites are outranking uh, the new site. 
Now, um, I had all sorts of theories on why this could happen, and then I realized at the end of this that it's only been a week. Um, and so the answer to this really, first of all, is just wait. Uh, it could be several weeks before Google figures things out. And I see that, you, you know, the, the person who wrote this question said that they, they added some links to these properties, and then they removed them after the rankings weren't improving and did all these things. You really need to just wait, wait it out. But my main question I have for you is why you have multiple websites. So, um, you know, if I, if I had mhcottawa.com and mhctoronto.com and mhc all these other cities that I want to rank in, unless I'm providing a significantly different service in each of those cities, it doesn't make sense. It's going to be very hard for me to produce content that's the best of its kind for SEO in Ottawa as compared to SEO in Toronto. Um, so, you know, I haven't looked at your websites, obviously, I don't know all of the details and there may be other factors here, but generally it's not a great idea to have all these multiples of, of websites. I wanted to share with you something that John Mueller said in a help hangout uh, a couple of years ago now. Um, and it was somebody asking about a similar thing about a website that, uh, they owned multiple websites and they all used a very similar code base and had kind of similar content, although uh, technically it was unique if you looked at the actual words on the page. So here's John's answer when he was talking about this. It's a bit of a lengthy ans answer, but I think most of you will find it uh, helpful. It starts with, it depends. <laughs> That's a good way to start an SEO answer. Usually what happens there, especially when you're talking about two sites and they're kind of similar, then that's something where it's more a matter from a technical point of view. What do we show in the search results? Do we filter them out? Do we fold them together? Do we pick one? Do we show both of them? Sometimes we see a situation where we see a number of pages that are essentially the same and they're across multiple sites and we can recognize that these are just multiple sites and they're essentially just used to provide more presence in the search results. Then those might be situations where the web spam team says, well, this is kind of like doorway pages and we'll take out all of these duplicates and focus on the one primary source and try to solve it like that. So the person asking this question went on to say that the, the pages are different. They have different titles. Even the content was different, but the intent was generally the same. And John said, if we can't understand the added value, then we will try to fold them together. But I think that a lot of these cases are also such that you kind of lose out when you dilute your content across two or three different copies with different tweaks compared to making one really strong version of a page. Um, so that's something where it might be worth considering. Should we be folding these together and actually having something that's really strong and ranks a lot better overall than by splitting things apart into multiple things that are kind of okay-ish on their own, but none of them individually are really fantastic. What sometimes also happens is that we look at pages or usually websites overall and we see, well, in general, this website is built on the same server as that website. And if you use a path from this website and put it in the other one, then the same content shows up. Then our systems might say, well, maybe these websites are actually identical and we'll fold them together. I know that was a lot of stuff there, but the main point that I want to say is uh, most likely you should just have one website. Uh, again, I don't know all the details and I don't want you to make a decision based on this advice. Uh, you know, hopefully this advice will help you, uh, but it does sound like you need somebody, um, probably somebody who specializes in, in localization 
uh, to um, to give you some more uh, thoughts on that. It does sound like, though, uh, I mean, if it makes sense to have multiple TLDs for your business and maybe I'm missing something, then I would say give it a couple more weeks. And if things don't resolve, then you, you kind of need to pick one or the other. And it sounds like just having one branded website is, is the way to go. Um, that's where we're going to end it here. Other than I have one very exciting announcement to make, we're going to be hiring again. 2020 has been a very interesting year. And, uh, I'll tell you at the beginning of the pandemic, um, we went through probably what every business went through. Like the, the phone stopped ringing. <laughs> we don't have any phones. You know what I mean? We stopped getting emails. Uh, and we didn't get a whole lot of business for a couple of months. Um, and thankfully, living in Canada, the Canadian government uh, gave us really great uh, help in terms of finances at that time. And we went through a bit of a rough period uh, where I think all of our staff went through um, emotional struggles. Uh, you know, we're, we're fortunate that none of us um, were really strongly affected. Some of us have had some really bad stuff happen over the last few months, but we're all still here. We're all still working at MHC. And for the most part, I think we're all having a lot of fun doing what we're doing. Um, so if you are interested in, in joining us, because now we're growing more, we're going to hire two, possibly three, maybe even more, depending on uh, what kind of applicants we get, uh, people to train up as auditors. And we've been working on a, um, a, a training process that'll take probably a year or so to get you to the point where um, you're thoroughly contributing on our site reviews. So if you're interested in this, it is not a remote position. It'll start off initially being remote until we're allowed to come back into the office until it looks safe uh, but you do need to be able to come into the office at some point once the pandemic is over um, and our office is in Canada just outside of Ottawa Canada so if you're interested in learning about SEO uh, then you can check out our job offering at mariehaines.com jobs um, I can't remember the exact date that we're taking resumes up until but I think it's the first week of January and then uh, we have the fun task of doing interviews over zoom so uh, this should be a lot of fun and uh, it's always exciting seeing growth. I'm, I'm so proud of my team and how much we've grown and, and how much we've been able to help so many businesses. Uh, it, it really is uh, a, a really great thing. And so you've been a part of that. Thank you for listening to podcast because um, even, you know, th this helps me talking on podcast just helps me to be able to understand things better. Uh, and so if I didn't have you listening, then our business would not be growing. So thank you. Going to leave it there. I've got a bunch of Fortnite to catch up with. The new update is really good, and I kind of wish they didn't do it at the same time as a Google update because uh, there's only so many hours in my day. But some of those hours today are going to be spent immersed in Fortnite and not thinking about the Google update. I hope that you enjoyed this episode, and uh, stay tuned for more information on the, the uh, December core update because we've got lots coming in the future. I wish you the best of luck with your rankings. Mm -hmm.